Welcome to the Pacific Forest Foundation's Talking Timber, where each week you meet the professionals behind the Northwest timber industry. Hi, my name is Diane Mettler, and welcome to Pacific Forest Foundation's first podcast of Talking Timber. We are so excited to launch this podcast where we'll be looking behind the scenes of the Northwest timber industry. We will be talking to everyone from foresters to firefighters and from machine operators to log buyers. We will be stepping behind the trees, so to speak, and discover what goes into the timber we all use each day. In this episode, we will be speaking to OSU's senior instructor, Jeff Weimer, and one of his students, Logan, about the university's unique hands-on logging program. But before we get started, I want to thank our sponsor, Pacific Logging Congress, whose mission is to create public awareness about sound, responsible forestry. To learn more about them, visit pacificloggingcongress.org. Thank you again for joining me and on to our initial podcast. Let's get started and welcome our guests. Yeah, my name is Jeff Weimer. I'm a senior instructor at Oregon State University and I manage a student logging training program. Prior to coming to Oregon State University, I worked for our family's logging operation where we had just over 100 employees, uh, ran four big towers and a fleet of 48 trucks. Uh, I'm Logan Truex. Currently, I am junior at Oregon State University studying forest engineering with a minor in business and also on part of the student logging training program. Uh, before Oregon State, I grew up in a small town in western Washington called Montesano, uh, where I went to high school there and worked uh, throughout my summers in high school for my parents' logging company of about 30 employees. How did you find out about OSU? Both my parents went to Oregon State and they both graduated with a forest engineering degree. Okay, great. Um, so Jeff, can you give me a little bit of background about your program and what makes that unique there? Sure. Yeah, it's very unique in that uh, I don't know of any other in the country that actually uh, replicates what we do out here, but we have a, uh, a yarder and a log loader, skidder, uh, some other equipment that we actually um, or a full-blown uh, logging operation. Uh, the students, I hire them every year. They come out and uh, they'll, you know, do everything from timber falling to set chokers to high climbing to equipment operation. Uh, my goal is that they learn every job out there. And how long do they take that? It, well, it sounds, Logan, like this is one piece of your program, the part with Jeff. How, how in Intensive and how long is that piece of the program? Uh, you'll, so you work part time during the school year for up to 20 hours. And then during once summer hits, you go back to uh, full time for 40 hours a week. Great. And the wood there is this is university land then? Yes. Yeah. We log on uh, the McDonald Dunn Forest, which is owned by the College of Forestry uh, here in Corrales. And how much, uh, how many students are in your program? Uh, currently, I have 11 students in my program. Uh, I'm in the process of hiring more. Uh, generally, I try to run anywhere from 12 to 16 students at a time uh, through the program. So, Logan, you come from a logging background. How difficult was the program? Or how hard is, is Jeff pushing you guys? Um, it's, it's very interesting because it's not just the doing one aspect, like just setting chokers or things like that. It's really uh, pushing to think about the next step or the, uh, the next method or the next 
next step in the logging process and being able to do each step. So I would say it's pretty difficult just trying to learn everything. Mm-hmm. And are you learning how to work with a crew then as well? Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's another interesting deal is all these students come from uh, different backgrounds, different majors and, and what, in, what they come in knowing and what they're put in through their classroom is very interesting to try and merge together and be able to work together. So Jeff, for you, what is some of the more challenging aspects of the class? For me, the safety is uh, very key to what we do and uh, ensuring that every student stays safe out there. Uh, the way we run the program is if after a year uh, you go through the training program, you'll stick around and help me then to train the next group of students that come through. And I think that's key to how well the, the program runs and how uh, we keep it safe. But we have a second set of eyes out there on every operation. Oh, that's great. Logan, what kind of job are you looking for after this is finished? Uh, The end goal for me would be able to go back to my family's logging company and uh, hopefully take it over one day. So are they excited with what's happening here at OSU? Oh, absolutely. Uh, Both my dad and brother attended a workshop here that Jeff put on for a, a Skyline XL program. And they saw the program and what it was teaching and what it was all about. And they thought it was by far the best opportunity someone could take. And Jeff, have you had a good placement of the students after they've completed this? Yes, we have. I, you know, of all the students I've had go through, almost every one of them has a job lined up before they, before they graduate. And so I think it's very good in that regard. Do you have industry people coming to you because they know about your program now, or do you find placement or? I think what I get is uh, people who call me for a reference. And uh, the one thing that, you know, I always try and ensure my, that my students are successful in the program, that they don't fail, and that they, uh, you know, pick up skills that are necessary for them to succeed when they graduate. And so it's very rare that I'd ever give a bad reference to any student uh, coming out of the program. So I noticed that um, there's different types of machinery you're working. Are you getting support from different manufacturers for your program? Yeah, we're very, very fortunate that uh, we, we do uh, link belt. Uh, they, they provide us a, a brand new log loader every year. Uh, it kind of spoils the students because uh, they don't have to work on it. It's very nice to this air conditioned cab, heated seat during the winter time. Uh, the other we get is a, a brand new log or a brand new skitter every year as well. And uh, John Deere provides that for us. And there again, they get, they get really spoiled. Uh, run that equipment. But I've had other folks who help us out immensely, uh, Oregon Cutting Systems, uh, uh, Eagle Carriage, Acme uh, Carriage, uh, all provided uh, help and support for the program. So Logan, do you find the other students are looking for kind of the same thing you are? They're going to family businesses or do you see them trying other kinds of careers? I see them trying all sorts of different careers, different pathways. I mean, we, like, Robert's a uh, um, wood science and engineering. We have mm-hmm. forest engineering, civil engineering. Forest um, management, uh, natural resources mm-hmm. students, yeah. So it seems like a lot of kit- students could go both private and public sector. Mm-hmm. And I've had, uh, over the years, I've had uh, six uh, women on the crew. 
uh, looking at hiring two more uh, uh, for this next go around. Uh, that's going to be my next question. If this was a all boys school here, but it sounds like you got some girls. So we do. It definitely changes the the dynamics out there, but uh, but it works. It's great. Honestly, it, it really is good to uh, have them out there. And and for you both, you guys, um, what have been some of the highlights for you guys working on this program? One of my favorite was be able to. Uh, put on demonstrations for the Live in the Woods show that uh, was hosted here in OSU Forest. And we were working in front of everybody and showing what our program was all about. So was there anything, Logan, you were kind of surprised at once you got started? Since this is kind of not old hat for you, but you're pretty familiar with the logging industry. Uh, yeah, what was surprising to me was uh, the, the freedom that we have when, while we're working. It's not... Um, like I was thinking it was gonna be more uh, like, I don't know, like told exactly what to do, but this is more definitely, uh, you know, try and make these decisions by yourself and then check with Jeff and see if what you might've done or said or acted upon was right. It's not just setting chokers. Like when you get hired for a logging crew, you just set chokers and do that stuff. But here you're doing everything from unit layout to mm -hmm. climbing, falling. I mean, it's, yeah. it's amazing. So do you think that Jeff, now that these students have had some of that experience, they'll get to kind of maybe move up the ranks a little faster versus having to do the choker setting? Yes, absolutely. You know, it's just, uh, like I said, I think about my career and the time before I came to Oregon State University and, and uh, you could definitely tell the folks that had logged before. Uh, they just have a different appreciation for the work and effort that goes into uh, doing this kind of work. So for either, both of you guys, the students who might be considering this, who might be listening to this, um, any advice, like whether, what, what kind of student would be best for this or what you would, yeah, any kind of advice for anybody thinking about taking on this program? Obviously coming to Oregon State University and taking a degree within the College of Forestry is, is, is part requirement. Uh, if you're in the school of business or other, but have an interest in going back into possibly forestry or logging, uh, do encourage that as well. But the main thing is the, you know, the, the, the ability or the want to learn, you know, if, if you don't want to learn, I don't want you. Logan, what would you tell somebody? Um, I would say very similar as Jeff. I mean, as soon as you join or enter school at Oregon State for Forestry, I would say try and join the program as uh, early as possible. Just the more hands-on that you're learning in the woods or teaching other, uh, labs that come out really helps you once you get into your uh, professional program and start really getting in depth about uh, the different logging terms and lingo that Jeff mentioned earlier. So, so just for my edification, so I make sure I understand it correctly. This is a portion of a four year degree then. So it's not a requirement. It's actually a, uh, an add on, I guess, uh, just an opportunity to help educate other people in logging, logging systems. I mean, would you have to be uh, enrolled at OSU with a, to get an associate's or a four-year to be able to take this? Yes, you have to be enrolled at Oregon State University in the College of Forestry, uh, working on a four-year degree in order to be able to uh, be on the crew. Basically, would you, would you say, Jeff, you let the students make some mistakes so they can learn from them? <laughs> I do. You know, I, if they're not going to hurt themselves, you know, that's the main thing, but, you know, I think you learn from mistakes just 
a little bit better than you do from just, you know, regular practice. And so I think it's good for them to fail once in a while because they uh, definitely appreciate that. And uh, it's good because they'll share that with other folks so that they learn from it as well. Logan, do you find you learn more from your mistakes? <laughs> oh, absolutely. And, uh, once you get out there, you try to limit the amount of times you radio Jeff asking for information <laughs> or maybe a how-to. And so maybe you can explain for folks the the forest out there, just how large and where that timber goes after this? Yeah, so, you know, the McDonald Dunn Forest, uh, uh, like I said, belongs to the College of Forestry here at Oregon State. Uh, in total, they have about 15,000 acres. Uh, the forest here just north of Corvallis, I believe, is about 12,500 acres. Uh, before we put any wood on the ground, we go out and look at the market, look at the local mills and see what they're paying for the wood make a determination of uh, who's paying the best. And uh, then we make our uh, falling and bucking decisions based on those so that uh, we get the right wood to the right mill and get the most value. When I was out there anyway, the was kind of rugged terrain, pretty steep um, places. Do you let the students do some steep slope logging? Um, so we do cable logging and uh, traditionally that's gonna be on the steeper slopes. Uh, we're not into the new technology of what they call tethered or uh, tethered assist type logging. But uh, yeah, they definitely get into some steep areas. But, uh, you know, comparative to the work I did before, it's, it's not that steep. Um, I mean, I've worked in areas where it was straight up and down. So I think I saw at the Pacific Logging Congress when they did the live Inwood show, uh, the students did get to do some cable logging. Am I correct? Yes. Yes, they did. Okay. And what, what machinery were you using on that? So that was our Kohler yarder. Okay. Uh, we use a standing skyline system with a um, motorized slack pulling carriage. Okay, and now Logan, that you've got to use some different equipment, do you go home and recommend anything to your parents? Uh, yeah, I mean, especially coming from <laughs> being able to use all the new equipment, I'm always trying to push new equipment on them, but, um, yeah, I really enjoyed explaining the uh, new cares that we received from Eagle and explaining the advantages that we had using that for the crew. I would like to take a little break here again to thank our sponsors, the Pacific Logging Congress, as well as the Pacific Forest Foundation. Their dedication to spreading awareness about sound, responsible forestry, and educational programs is making this podcast possible. I invite you to learn more about them by visiting their websites, PacificLoggingCongress.org and PacificForestFoundation.org. Check them out. Okay, back to Jeff and Logan. So what do you guys see on the horizon? So one thing we're getting into now is we're getting into uh, simulators. So we actually have a, a plan within our new building, which will be open in the spring of this year, that uh, to have a simulator lab, and in that lab we'll have 12 simulators, and they'll be the, basically the control arms out of a machine hooked up to a computer where you can actually cut timber in the classroom. Wow. And I'm excited about it because I hope to integrate that within my program so that my students have a better uh, opportunity to try out different equipment. Um, these simulators are growing all the time, and uh, as they grow, I definitely want to introduce them to more and different equipment and their abilities out on the landscape. 
It looks like from what I've seen that the simulators have gotten a little more sophisticated over the years. Is that true? Yeah, the simulators have gotten much better. Uh, the one we have actually has virtual reality. So it's like you're right out there in the forest cutting timber. So Logan, have you had a chance to get on those? Yeah, I've been able to run uh, both simulators and uh, there's slight differences in each one. They have their advantages for sure, but I really enjoy the uh, visual, visual reality, really get the feeling of sitting in the seat and seeing everything right in front of you. Mm -hmm. I, do you plan on getting more simulators? So yeah, right now the capacity of the room is 12, so we'll be at capacity, but 12 is definitely a lot. Uh, they're not inexpensive machines. Uh, the full frames can run $60,000 a piece. Uh, the PC-based ones can be up to $15,000 a piece. Oh, that's really good. So do the students do mm -hmm. the simulators like a certain amount of the time, or is it just a piece? I assume it's a piece of the program, but how do you kind of work that in? So I think what I'm gonna do is try and set it up to where they will uh, be paid to do about four hours a week of training on them. Okay. Uh, the goal is that they become very proficient with those, uh, those systems. So Logan, if you were someday running your parents' operation as your own um, and someone had come out of this program, would you feel fairly confident? Absolutely, just the uh, variety of skills that they've learned and the uh, I feel deeper understanding of the processes and what's actually going on would be very valuable. How, how long has this program been in place? So the student login program has been around since 1983. Uh, I took it over in 2002. I quickly realized that uh, the equipment was not right for the job, that uh, it was pretty well wore out and beat up and Fortunately, went out to you know alumni and in the industry, and they stepped up and very supportive of the program and helped us out immensely. So they don't have any. Do they have any uh, training before you stick them out on the machines, or just stick them yes. in the seat? <laughs> no, no, I definitely. Uh, you know, we do about uh, eight weeks of safety training, uh, two to four hours a week uh, before we even head to the field. I uh, want to make sure they're comfortable and uh, heading to the field, but also when they get to the field, they will always be with somebody who has more experience than them. Have you found anybody else kind of copying it all or coming to see you and what you're doing? You know, there's been other uh, colleges, universities that have programs, uh, but they're not as big as what we do here. Uh, good example, University of Idaho has one, but I think it's just a summer only uh, type operation. Okay. Uh, Good friend of mine at uh, University of Montana. Sounds like she's trying to start a program over there, but I don't know how successful she's been. So you plan on staying at OSU for a while and keeping this up? <laughs> I plan to. For me to take somebody who's never you know, really worked or even you know, held any like a power saw and to teach them and watch their growth, I think is the, the biggest reward I get out of the program. So Logan, what's your biggest takeaway from the program? My biggest takeaway is just being having the, uh, the gaining confidence in, in everything, everything you do, every step you take, every decision you make. Being on this program, I think, really helps you uh, ensure, let, you, let yourself know that you're doing the right thing. And, uh, and again, it's not kind of the same as Jeff. When we stay on and help new students learn the new objectives, it really helps us hone our skills and learn the material for class as well. And how does it help you with some of your other classes? 
oh, it's, it helps uh, immensely, I would say. It really gives you an understanding of what a tree is doing and what you're looking for in the field. And that's really hard to take from a, just looking at a book. It, I feel like being in the field and having really just more lab hours is really helpful. So do, do you recommend it, tell your other fellow students to go take it? I uh, recommended it to all my friends and try and get as many as I could to come out and try it because I think it's very useful in the future as well. What, what, why do they not do it? I mean, what would be the thing that would stop them? I, I think the one thing that, uh, you know, people don't understand, uh, so the students I have on the program are paid and uh, during the summertime, uh, they get paid, but uh, if they were to go fight fire, they could actually earn a little bit more money. But uh, during the school year, it's a very good pay. Uh, the other, during the summertime, uh, they don't take into account that they have to rent a place where they move to for the summer. Trying to get a little more money on a different side job? I think, yeah, because with their degree programs, they're required to have two uh, three-month internships. Okay. Uh, with the industry and so they they typically look at you know fire is a big one because you can make really good money at it um, but uh, I think they're a little bit short-sighted because you learn how to do one or two things really well but uh, you don't get to learn all of it. So it looks like this program is going to be around for a while and if anything expanding then. Yes yeah I, I'm you know very excited about you know the changes we're, we're getting into Another big project we're into is we're building a new shop. Uh, can give us a lot more space uh, to be able to work with the students. Um, yeah, you know, we're very, very fortunate. I always say that I'm lucky to have the relationships and friends that we do have in the industry. They're very supportive of the, of the program. Thank you for listening to our first episode of Talking Timber. We truly appreciate it. And we hope that the information that Jeff and Logan shared helps give you some insight or possibly inspired you to check out the OSU program. We also want to thank our fabulous sponsors again, the Pacific Forest Foundation and the Pacific Logging Congress. Thank you. Lastly, please subscribe to our podcast, Talking Timber, and share with us comments you might have or topics you'd like us to take on. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, take care.